Section 12 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola, translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Third Day. 2. The Ordinary. When Pierre and Monsieur de Gersin got outside, they began walking slowly amidst the ever-growing stream of the Sunday-fied crowd. The sky was a bright blue, the sun warmed the whole town, and there was a festive gaiety in the atmosphere, the keen delight that attends those great fairs which bring entire communities into the open air. When they had descended the crowded footway of the Avenue de la Grotte, and had reached the corner of the Plateau de la Merlasse, they found their way barred by a throng which was slowly flowing backward amidst a block of vehicles and stamping of horses there is no hurry however remarked monsieur de garcin my idea is to go as far as the place du marcadal in the old town for the servant girl at the hotel told me of a hairdresser there whose brother lets out conveyances cheaply do you mind going so far i replied pierre go wherever you like i'll follow you all right and i'll profit by the opportunity to have a shave they were nearing the place du rosaire and found themselves in front of the lawn stretching to the gave when an encounter again stopped them mesdames des agneaux and raymond de jonquiere were here chatting gaily with young gerard de perlongue both women wore light-coloured gowns seaside dresses as it were and their white silk parasols shone in the bright sunlight they imparted so to say a pretty note to the scene a touch of society chatter blended with the fresh laughter of youth no no madame des agneaux was saying we certainly can't go and visit your ordinary like that at the very moment when all your comrades are eating gerard however with a very gallant air insisted on their accompanying him turning more particularly towards raymonde whose somewhat massive face was that day brightened by the radiant charm of health but it is a very curious sight i assure you said the young man and you would be very respectfully received trust yourself to me mademoiselle besides we should certainly find monsieur berteau there and he would be delighted to do you the honours raymonde smiled her clear eyes plainly saying that she was quite agreeable and just then as pierre and monsieur de garcin drew near in order to present their respects to the ladies they were made acquainted with the question under discussion the ordinary was a kind of restaurant or table d'hote which the members of the hospitality of our lady of salvation the bearers the hospitallers of the grotto the piscinas and the hospitals had established among themselves with the view of taking their meals together at small cost many of them were not rich for they were recruited among all classes however they had contrived to secure three good meals for a daily payment of three francs apiece and in fact they often had provisions to spare and distributed them among the poor everything was in their own management they purchased their own supplies recruited a cook and a few waiters and did not disdain to lend a hand themselves in order that everything might be comfortable and orderly it must be very interesting said monsieur de gersin when these explanations had been given him let us go and see it if we are not in the way little madame des agneaux thereupon gave her consent well if we are going in a party said she i am quite willing but when this gentleman first proposed to take me and raymonde i was afraid that it might not be quite proper then as she began to laugh the others followed her example she had accepted monsieur de garcin's arm and pierre walked beside her on the other hand experiencing a sudden feeling of sympathy for this gay little woman who was so full of life and so charming with her fair frizzy hair and creamy complexion behind them came raymonde 
leaning upon gerard's arm and talking to him in the calm staid voice of a young lady who holds the best of principles despite her air of heedless youth and since here was the husband whom she had so often dreamt of she resolved that she would this time secure him make him beyond all question her own she intoxicated him with the perfume of health and youth which she diffused and at the same time astonished him by her knowledge of housewifely duties and of the manner in which money may be economized even in the most trifling matters for having questioned him with regard to the purchases which he and his comrades made for their ordinary she proceeded to show him that they might have reduced their expenditure still further meantime monsieur de guersin and madame des agneaux were also chatting together you must be fearfully tired madame said the architect but with a gesture of revolt and an exclamation of genuine anger she replied oh no indeed last night it is true fatigue quite overcame me at the hospital i sat down and dozed off and madame de jonquiere and all the other ladies were good enough to let me sleep on at this the others again began to laugh but still with the same angry air she continued and so i slept like a log until this morning it was disgraceful especially as i had sworn that i would remain up all night then merriment gaining upon her in her turn she suddenly burst into a sonorous laugh displaying her beautiful white teeth ah oh, a pretty nurse i am and no mistake it was poor madame de jonquiere who had to remain on her legs all the time i tried to coax her to come out with us just now but she preferred to take a little rest raymond who overheard these words thereupon raised her voice to say yes indeed my poor mamma could no longer keep on her feet it was i who compelled her to lie down telling her that she could go to sleep without any uneasiness for we should get on all right without her so saying the girl gave gerard a laughing glance he even fancied that he could detect a faint squeeze of the fresh round arm which was resting on his own as though indeed she had wished to express her happiness at being alone with him so that they might settle their own affairs without any interference this quite delighted him and he began to explain that if he had not had dejeuner with his comrades that day it was because some friends had invited him to join them at the railway station refreshment room at ten o'clock and had not given him his liberty until after the departure of the eleven thirty train ah the rascals he suddenly resumed do you hear them mademoiselle the little party was now nearing its destination and the uproarious laughter and chatter of youth rang out from a clump of trees which concealed the old zinc and plaster building in which the ordinary was installed gerard began by taking the visitors into the kitchen a very spacious apartment well fitted up and containing a huge range and an immense table to say nothing of numerous gigantic cauldrons here moreover the young man called the attention of his companions to the circumstance that the cook a fat jovial-looking man had the red cross pinned on his white jacket being himself a member of the pilgrimage then pushing open a door gerard invited his friends to enter the common room it was a long apartment containing two rows of plain deal tables and the only other articles of furniture were the numerous rush-seated tavern chairs with an additional table which served as a sideboard the whitewashed walls and the flooring of shiny red tiles looked however extremely clean amidst this intentional bareness which was similar to that of a monkish refectory but the feature of the place which more particularly struck you as you crossed the threshold was the childish gaiety which reigned there for packed together at the tables were a hundred and fifty hospitallers of all ages eating with splendid appetites laughing applauding and singing with their mouths full a wondrous fraternity united these men who had flocked to lourdes from every province of france and who belonged to all classes and represented every degree of fortune 
many of them knew nothing of one another save that they met here and elbowed one another during three days every year living together like brothers and then going off and remaining in absolute ignorance of each other during the rest of the twelvemonth nothing could be more charming however than to meet again at the next pilgrimage united in the same charitable work and to spend a few days of hard labour and boyish delight in common once more for it all became as it were an outing of a number of big fellows let loose under a lovely sky and well pleased to be able to enjoy themselves and laugh together and even the frugality of the table with the pride of managing things themselves of eating the provisions which they had purchased and cooked added to the general good humour you see explained gerard we are not at all inclined to be sad although we have so much hard work to get through the hospitality numbers more than three hundred members but there are only about one hundred and fifty here at a time for we have had to organize two successive services so that there may always be some of us on duty at the grotto and the hospitals the sight of the little party of visitors assembled on the threshold of the room seemed to have increased the general delight and berthaud the superintendent of the bearers who was lunching at the head of one of the tables gallantly rose up to receive the ladies but it smells very nice exclaimed madame des agneaux in her giddy way won't you invite us to come and taste your cookery to-morrow oh we can't ask ladies replied berthaud laughing but if you gentlemen would like to join us to-morrow we should be extremely pleased to entertain you he had at once noticed the good understanding which prevailed between gerard and raymonde and seemed delighted at it for he greatly wished his cousin to make this match he laughed pleasantly at the enthusiastic gaiety which the young girl displayed as she began to question him is not that the marquis de salmon roquebert she asked who is sitting over yonder between these two young men who look like shop assistants they are in fact the sons of a small stationer at tarbes replied berthaud and that is really the marquis your neighbour of the rue de lille the owner of that magnificent mansion one of the richest and most noble men of title in france you see how he is enjoying our mutton stew it was true the millionaire marquis seemed delighted to be able to board himself for his three francs a day and to sit down at table in genuine democratic fashion by the side of petty bourgeois and workmen who would not have dared to accost him in the street was not that chance table symbolical of social communion effected by the joint practice of charity for his part the marquis was the more hungry that day as he had bathed over sixty patients sufferers from all the most abominable diseases of unhappy humanity at the piscinas that morning and the scene around him seemed like a realization of the evangelical commonalty but doubtless it was so charming and so gay simply because its duration was limited to three days although monsieur de guersin had but lately risen from table his curiosity prompted him to taste the mutton stew and he pronounced it perfect meantime pierre caught sight of baron suir the director of the hospitality walking about between the rows of tables with an air of some importance as though he had allotted himself the task of keeping an eye on everything even on the manner in which his staff fed itself the young priest thereupon remembered the ardent desire which marie had expressed to spend the night in front of the grotto and it occurred to him that the baron might be willing to give the necessary authorization certainly replied the director who had become quite grave whilst listening to pierre we do sometimes allow it but it is always a very delicate matter you assure me at all events that this young person is not consumptive well since you say that she so much desires it i will mention the matter to father fourcade and warn madame de jonquiere so that she may let you take the young lady away 
he was in reality a very good-natured fellow albeit so fond of assuming the air of an indispensable man weighed down by the heaviest responsibilities in his turn he now detained the visitors and gave them full particulars concerning the organization of the hospitality its members said prayers together every morning two board meetings were held each day and were attended by all the heads of departments as well as by the reverend fathers and some of the chaplains all the hospitalers took the sacrament as frequently as possible and moreover there were many complicated tasks to be attended to a prodigious rotation of duties quite a little world to be governed with a firm hand the baron spoke like a general who each year gains a great victory over the spirit of the age and sending berteau back to finish his dejeuner he insisted on escorting the ladies into the little sanded courtyard which was shaded by some fine trees it is very interesting very interesting repeated madame des we are greatly obliged to you for your kindness monsieur don't mention it don't mention it madame answered the baron it is i who am pleased at having had an opportunity to show you my little army so far gerard had not quitted raymond's side but monsieur de guersin and pierre were already exchanging glances suggestive of leave-taking in order that they might repair by themselves to the place du marcadal when madame des agneaux suddenly remembered that a friend had requested her to send her a bottle of lourdes water and she thereupon asked gerard how she was to execute this commission the young man began to laugh will you again accept me as a guide said he and by the way if these gentlemen like to come as well i will show you the place where the bottles are filled corked packed in cases and then sent off it is a curious sight monsieur de guersin immediately consented and all five of them set out again madame des agneaux still between the architect and the priest whilst raymond and gerard brought up the rear the crowd in the burning sunlight was increasing the place du rosaire was now overflowing with an idle sauntering mob resembling some concourse of sightseers on a day of public rejoicing the bottling and packing shops were situated under one of the arches on the left-hand side of the place they formed a suite of three apartments of very simple aspect in the first one the bottles were filled in the most ordinary of fashions a little green-painted zinc barrel not unlike a watering cask was dragged by a man from the grotto and the light-coloured bottles were then simply filled at its tap one by one the blouse-clad workmen entrusted with the duty exercising no particular watchfulness to prevent the water from overflowing in fact there was quite a puddle of it upon the ground there were no labels on the bottles the little leaden capsules placed over the corks alone bore an inscription and they were coated with a kind of ceruse doubtless to ensure preservation then came two other rooms which formed regular packing shops with carpenters benches tools and heaps of shavings the boxes most frequently made for one bottle or for two were put together with great care and the bottles were deposited inside them on beds of fine wood pairings the scene reminded one in some degree of the packing halls for flowers at nice and for preserved fruits at grasse gerard went on giving explanations with a quiet satisfied air the water he said really comes from the grotto as you can yourselves see so that all the foolish jokes which one hears really have no basis and everything is perfectly simple natural and goes on in the broad daylight i would also point out to you that the fathers don't sell the water as they are accused of doing for instance a bottle of water here costs twenty centimes tuppence, which is only the price of the bottle itself if you wish to have it sent to anybody you naturally have to pay for the packing and the carriage and then it costs you one franc and seventy centimes one shilling and fourpence 
however you are perfectly at liberty to go to the source and fill the flasks and cans and other receptacles that you may choose to bring with you pierre reflected that the profits of the reverend fathers in this respect could not be very large ones for their gains were limited to what they made by manufacturing the boxes and supplying the bottles which latter purchased by the thousand certainly did not cost them so much as twenty centimes apiece however raymond and madame des agneaux as well as monsieur de garcin who had such a lively imagination experienced deep disappointment at the sight of the little green barrel the capsules sticky with ceruse and the piles of shavings lying around the benches they had doubtless imagined all sorts of ceremonies the observance of certain rites in bottling the miraculous water priests in vestments pronouncing blessings and choir-boys singing hymns of praise in pure crystalline voices for his part pierre in presence of all this vulgar bottling and packing ended by thinking of the active power of faith when one of those bottles reaches some far-away sick-room and is unpacked there and the sufferer falls upon his knees and so excites himself by contemplating and drinking the pure water that he actually brings about the cure of his ailment there must truly be a most extraordinary plunge into all-powerful illusion ah exclaimed gerard as they came out would you like to see the storehouse where the tapers are kept before going to the offices it is only a couple of steps away and then not even waiting for their answer he led them to the opposite side of the place du rosaire his one desire was to amuse raymond but in point of fact the aspect of the place where the tapers were stored was even less entertaining than that of the packing-rooms which they had just left this storehouse a kind of deep vault under one of the right-hand arches of the place was divided by timber into a number of spacious compartments in which lay an extraordinary collection of tapers classified according to size the overplus of all the tapers offered to the grotto was deposited here and such was the number of these superfluous candles that the little conveyances stationed near the grotto railing ready to receive the pilgrim's offerings had to be brought to the storehouse several times a day in order to be emptied there after which they were returned to the grotto and were promptly filled again in theory each taper that was offered ought to have been burnt at the feet of the virgin statue but so great was the number of these offerings that although a couple of hundred tapers of all sizes were kept burning by day and night it was impossible to exhaust the supply which went on increasing and increasing there was a rumour that the fathers could not even find room to store all this wax but had to sell it over and over again and indeed certain friends of the grotto confessed with a touch of pride that the profit on the tapers alone would have sufficed to defray all the expenses of the business the quantity of these votive candles quite stupefied raymond and madame des agneaux how many how many there were the smaller ones costing from fifty centimes to a franc apiece were piled up in fabulous numbers monsieur de garcin desirous of getting at the exact figures quite lost himself in the puzzling calculation he attempted as for pierre it was in silence that he gazed upon this mass of wax destined to be burned in open daylight to the glory of god and although he was by no means a rigid utilitarian and could well understand that some apparent acts of extravagance yield an elusive enjoyment and satisfaction which provide humanity with as much sustenance as bread he could not on the other hand refrain from reflecting on the many benefits which might have been conferred on the poor and the ailing with the money represented by all that wax which would fly away in smoke but come what about that bottle which i am to send off abruptly asked madame des agneaux we will go to the office replied gerard in five minutes everything will be settled they had to cross the place du rosaire once more and ascend the stone stairway leading to the basilica the office was up above on the left hand at the corner of the path leading to the calvary the building was a paltry one 
a hut of lath and plaster which the wind and the rain had reduced to a state of ruin on a board outside was the inscription apply here with reference to masses offerings and brotherhoods forwarding office for lourdes water subscriptions to the annals of oel of lourdes how many millions of people must have already passed through this wretched shanty which seemed to date from the innocent days when the foundations of the adjacent basilica had scarcely been laid the whole party went in eager to see what might be inside but they simply found a wicket at which madame des agneaux had to stop in order to give her friend's name and address and when she had paid one franc and seventy centimes a small printed receipt was handed her such as you receive on registering luggage at a railway station as soon as they were outside again gerard pointed to a large building standing two or three hundred yards away and resumed there that is where the fathers reside but we see nothing of them remarked pierre this observation so astonished the young man that he remained for a moment without replying it's true he at last said we do not see them but then they give up the custody of everything the grotto and all the rest to the fathers of the assumption during the national pilgrimage pierre looked at the building which had been pointed out to him and noticed that it was a massive stone pile resembling a fortress the windows were closed and the whole edifice looked lifeless yet everything at lourdes came from it and to it also everything returned it seemed in fact to the young priest that he could hear the silent formidable rake stroke which extended over the entire valley which caught hold of all who had come to the spot and placed both the gold and the blood of the throng in the clutches of those reverend fathers however gerard just then resumed in a low voice but come they do show themselves for here is the reverend superior father captebart himself an ecclesiastic was indeed just passing a man with the appearance of a peasant a knotty frame and a large head which looked as though carved with a bill-hook his opaque eyes were quite expressionless and his face with its worn features had retained a loamy tint a gloomy russet reflection of the earth monseigneur laurence had really made a politic selection in confiding the organization and management of the grotto to those garrison missionaries who were so tenacious and covetous for the most part sons of mountain peasants and passionately attached to the soil however the little party now slowly retraced its steps by way of the plateau de la merlasse the broad boulevard which skirts the inclined way on the left hand and leads to the avenue de la grotte it was already past one o'clock but people were still eating their déjeuners from one to the other end of the overflowing town many of the fifty thousand pilgrims and sightseers collected within it had not yet been able to sit down and eat and pierre who had left the table d'hôte still crowded who had just seen the hospitalers squeezing together so gaily at the ordinary found more and more tables at each step he took on all sides people were eating eating without a pause hereabouts however in the open air on either side of the broad road the hungry ones were humble folk who had rushed upon the tables set up on either footway tables formed on a couple of long boards flanked by two forms and shaded from the sun by narrow linen awnings broth and coffee were sold at these places at a penny the cup the little loaves heaped up in high baskets also cost a penny apiece hanging from the poles which upheld the awnings were sausages chitterlings and hams some of the open-air restaurateurs were frying potatoes and others were concocting more or less savoury messes of inferior meat and onions a pungent smoke a violent odour arose into the sunlight mingling with the dust which was raised by the continuous tramp of the promenaders rows of people moreover were waiting at each cantine 
so that each time a party rose from table fresh customers took possession of the benches ranged beside the oilcloth covered planks which were so narrow that there was scarcely room for two bowls of soup to be placed side by side and one and all made haste and devoured with the ravenous hunger born of their fatigue that insatiable appetite which so often follows upon great moral shocks in fact when the mind had exhausted itself in prayer when everything physical had been forgotten amidst the mental flight into the legendary heavens the human animal suddenly appeared again asserted itself and began to gorge moreover under that dazzling sunday sky the scene was like that of a fair field with all the gluttony of a merry-making community a display of the delight which they felt in living despite the multiplicity of their abominable ailments and the dearth of the miracles they hoped for they eat they amuse themselves what else can one expect remarked gerard guessing the thoughts of his amiable companions ah poor people murmured pierre they have a perfect right to do so he was greatly touched to see human nature reassert itself in this fashion however when they had got to the lower part of the boulevard near the grotto his feelings were hurt at sight of the desperate eagerness displayed by the female vendors of tapers and bouquets who with the rough fierceness of conquerors assailed the passers-by in bands they were mostly young women with bare heads or with kerchiefs tied over their hair and they displayed extraordinary effrontery even the old ones were scarcely more discreet with parcels of tapers under their arms they brandished the one which they offered for sale and even thrust it into the hand of the promenade monsieur madame they called buy a taper buy a taper it will bring you luck one gentleman who was surrounded and shaken by three of the youngest of these harpies almost lost the skirts of his frock-coat in attempting to escape their clutches then the scene began afresh with the bouquets large round bouquets they were carelessly fastened together and looking like cabbages a bouquet madame was the cry a bouquet for the blessed virgin if the lady escaped she heard muttered insults behind her trafficking impudent trafficking pursued the pilgrims to the very outskirts of the grotto trade was not merely triumphantly installed in every one of the shops standing close together and transforming each street into a bazaar but it overran the footways and barred the road with handcarts full of chaplets medals statuettes and religious prints on all sides people were buying almost to the same extent as they ate in order that they might take away with them some souvenir of this holy kermesse and the bright gay note of this commercial eagerness this scramble of hawkers was supplied by the urchins who rushed about through the crowd crying the journal de la grotte their sharp shrill voices pierced the ear the journal de la grotte this morning's number two sous the journal de la grotte amidst the continual pushing which accompanied the eddying of the ever-moving crowd gerard's little party became separated he and raymond remained behind the others they had begun talking together in low tones with an air of smiling intimacy lost and isolated as they were in the dense crowd and madame des agneaux at last had to stop look back and call to them come on or we shall lose one another as they drew near pierre heard the girl exclaim mamma is so very busy speak to her before we leave and gerard thereupon replied it is understood you have made me very happy mademoiselle thus the husband had been secured the marriage decided upon during this charming promenade among the sites of lourdes raymonde had completed her conquest and gerard had at last taken a resolution realizing how gay and sensible she was as she walked beside him leaning on his arm monsieur de guersin however had raised his eyes and was heard inquiring 
are not those people up there on that balcony the rich folk who made the journey in the same train as ourselves you know whom i mean that lady who is so very ill and whose husband and sister accompany her he was alluding to the dieu la fées and they indeed were the persons whom he now saw on the balcony of a suite of rooms which they had rented in a new house overlooking the lawns of the rosary they here occupied a first floor furnished with all the luxury that lourdes could provide carpets hangings mirrors and many other things without mentioning a staff of servants dispatched beforehand from paris as the weather was so fine that afternoon the large armchair on which lay the poor ailing woman had been rolled onto the balcony you could see her there clad in a lace peignoir her husband always correctly attired in a black frock coat stood beside her on her right hand whilst her sister in a delightful pale mauve gown sat on her left smiling and leaning over every now and then so as to speak to her but apparently receiving no reply oh declared little madame des agneaux i have often heard people speak of madame jousseur that lady in mauve she is the wife of a diplomatist who neglects her it seems in spite of her rare beauty and last year there was a great deal of talk about her fancy for a young colonel who was well known in parisian society it is said however in catholic salons that her religious principles enabled her to conquer it they all five remained there looking up at the balcony to think resumed madame des agneaux that her sister poor woman was once her living portrait and indeed there was an expression of greater kindliness and more gentle gaiety on madame dieu la fée's face and now you see her no different from a dead woman except that she is above instead of underground with her flesh wasted away reduced to a livid boneless thing which they scarcely dare to move ah oh, the unhappy woman raymond thereupon assured the others that madame dieu la fée who had been married scarcely two years previously had brought all the jewellery given her on the occasion of her wedding to offer it as a gift to our lady of lourdes and gerard confirmed this assertion saying that the jewellery had been handed over to the treasurer of the basilica that very morning with a golden lantern studded with gems and a large sum of money destined for the relief of the poor however the blessed virgin could not have been touched as yet for the sufferer's condition seemed if anything to be worse from that moment pierre no longer beheld aught save that young woman on that handsome balcony that woeful wealthy creature lying there high above the merry-making throng the lured mob which was feasting and laughing in the sunday sunshine the two dear ones who were so tenderly watching over her her sister who had forsaken her society triumphs her husband who had forgotten his financial business his millions dispersed throughout the world increased by their irreproachable demeanour the woefulness of the group which they thus formed on high above all other heads and face to face with the lovely valley for pierre they alone remained and they were exceedingly wealthy and exceedingly wretched however lingering in this wise on the footway with their eyes upturned the five promenaders narrowly escaped being knocked down and run over for at every moment fresh vehicles were coming up for the most part landaus drawn by four horses which were driven at a fast trot and whose bells jingled merrily the occupants of these carriages were tourists visitors to the waters of pau barege and cotteret whom curiosity had attracted to lourdes and who were delighted with the fine weather and quite inspirited by their rapid drive across the mountains they would remain at lourdes only a few hours after hastening to the grotto and the basilica in seaside costumes they would start off again laughing and well pleased at having seen it all in this wise families in light attire bands of young women with bright parasols 
darted hither and thither among the grey neutral tinted crowd of pilgrims imparting to it in a yet more pronounced manner the aspect of a fair day mob amidst which folks of good society deign to come and amuse themselves all at once madame des agneaux raised a cry what is it you berthe and thereupon she embraced a tall charming brunette who had just alighted from a landau with three other young women the whole party smiling and animated everyone began talking at once and all sorts of merry exclamations rang out in the delight they felt at meeting in this fashion oh we are at cotteret my dear said the tall brunette and as everybody comes here we decided to come all four together and your husband is he here with you madame des agneaux began protesting of course not said she he is at trouville as you ought to know i shall start to join him on thursday yes yes of course resumed the tall brunette who like her friend seemed to be an amiable giddy creature i was forgetting you are here with the pilgrimage then madame des agneaux offered to guide her friends promising to show them everything of interest in less than a couple of hours and turning to raymonde who stood by smiling she added come with us my dear your mother won't be anxious the ladies and pierre and monsieur de guersin thereupon exchanged bows and gerard also took leave tenderly pressing raymonde's hand with his eyes fixed on hers as though to pledge himself definitively the women swiftly departed directing their steps towards the grotto and when gerard also had gone off returning to his duties monsieur de guersin said to pierre and the hairdresser on the place du marcadal i really must go and see him you will come with me won't you of course i will go wherever you like i am quite at your disposal as marie does not need us following the pathways between the large lawns which stretch out in front of the rosary they reached the new bridge where they had another encounter this time with abbe des hermoises who was acting as guide to two young married ladies who had arrived that morning from tarbes walking between them with the gallant air of a society priest he was showing them lourd and explaining it to them keeping them well away however from its more repugnant features its poor and its ailing folk its odour of low misery which it must be admitted had well-nigh disappeared that fine sunshiny day at the first word which monsieur de guersin addressed to him with respect to the hiring of a vehicle for the trip to gavarny the abbe was seized with a dread lest he should be obliged to leave his pretty lady visitors as you please my dear sir he replied kindly attend to the matter and you are quite right make the cheapest arrangements possible for i shall have two ecclesiastics of small means with me there will be four of us let me know at the hotel this evening at what hour we shall start thereupon he again joined his lady friends and led them towards the grotto following the shady path which skirts the gave a cool sequestered path well suited for lovers walks feeling somewhat tired pierre had remained apart from the others leaning against the parapet of the new bridge and now for the first time he was struck by the prodigious number of priests among the crowd he saw all varieties of them swarming across the bridge priests of correct mien who had come with the pilgrimage and who could be recognized by their air of assurance and their clean cassocks poor village priests who were far more timid and badly clothed and who after making sacrifices in order that they might indulge in the journey would return home quite scared and finally there was the whole cloud of unattached ecclesiastics who had come nobody knew whence and who enjoyed such absolute liberty that it was difficult to be sure whether they had even said their mass that morning they doubtless found this liberty very agreeable and thus the greater number of them like abbe des hermoises had simply come on a holiday excursion free from all duties and happy at being able to live like ordinary men lost unnoticed as they were in the multitude around them 
and from the young carefully groomed and perfumed priest to the old one in a dirty cassock and shoes down at heel the entire species had its representatives in the throng there were corpulent ones others but moderately fat thin ones tall ones and short ones some whom faith had brought and whom ardour was consuming some also who simply plied their calling like worthy men and some moreover who were fond of intriguing and were only present in order that they might help the good cause however pierre was quite surprised to see such a stream of priests pass before him each with his especial passion and one and all hurrying to the grotto as one hurries to a duty a belief a pleasure or a task he noticed one among the number a very short slim dark man with a pronounced italian accent whose glittering eyes seemed to be taking a plan of lourdes who looked indeed like one of those spies who come and peer around with a view to conquest and then he observed another one an enormous fellow with a paternal air who was breathing hard through inordinate eating and who paused in front of a poor sick woman and ended by slipping a five-franc piece into her hand just then however monsieur de guersin returned we merely have to go down the boulevard in the rue basse said he pierre followed him without answering he had just felt his cassock on his shoulders for the first time that afternoon for never had it seemed so light to him as whilst he was walking about amidst the scramble of the pilgrimage the young fellow was now living in a state of mingled unconsciousness and dizziness ever hoping that faith would fall upon him like a lightning flash in spite of all the vague uneasiness which was growing within him at the sight of the things which he beheld however the spectacle of that ever-swelling stream of priests no longer wounded his heart fraternal feelings towards these unknown colleagues had returned to him how many of them there must be who believed no more than he did himself and yet like himself honestly fulfilled their mission as guides and consolers this boulevard is a new one you know said m de guersin all at once raising his voice the number of houses built during the last twenty years is almost beyond belief there is quite a new town here the la Paca flowed along behind the buildings on their right and their curiosity inducing them to turn into a narrow lane they came upon some strange old structures on the margin of the narrow stream several ancient mills here displayed their wheels among them one which monseigneur laurence had given to bernadette's parents after the apparitions tourists moreover were here shown the pretended abode of bernadette a hovel whither the soubirou family had removed on leaving the rue des petits fossés and in which the young girl as she was already boarding with the sisters of nevers can have but seldom slept at last by way of the rue basse pierre and his companion reached the place du marcadal this was a long triangular open space the most animated and luxurious of the squares of the old town the one where the cafes the chemists all the finest shops were situated and among the latter one showed conspicuously coloured as it was a lively green adorned with lofty mirrors and surmounted by a broad board bearing in gilt letters the inscription casabin hairdresser monsieur de guersin and pierre went in but there was nobody in the salon and they had to wait a terrible clatter of forks resounded from the adjoining room an ordinary dining-room transformed into a table d'hote in which some twenty people were having dejeuner although it was already two o'clock the afternoon was progressing and yet people were still eating from one to the other end of lourdes like every other householder in the town whatever his religious convictions might be casabin in the pilgrimage season let his bedrooms surrendered his dining-room and sought refuge in his cellar where heaped up with his family he ate and slept although this unventilated hole was no more than three yards square however the passion for trading and money-making carried all before it at pilgrimage time the whole population disappeared like that of a conquered city 
surrendering even the beds of its women and its children to the pilgrims seating them at its tables and supplying them with food is there nobody here called monsieur de guersin after waiting a moment at last a little man made his appearance casaban himself a type of the knotty but active pyrenean with a long face prominent cheekbones and a sunburnt complexion spotted here and there with red his big glittering eyes never remained still and the whole of his spare little figure quivered with incessant exuberance of speech and gesture for you monsieur a shave eh said he i must beg your pardon for keeping you waiting but my assistant has gone out and i was in there with my boarders if you will kindly sit down i will attend to you at once thereupon deigning to operate in person casaubon began to stir up the lather and strop the razor he had glanced rather nervously however at the cassock worn by pierre who without a word had seated himself in a corner and taken up a newspaper in the perusal of which he appeared to be absorbed a short interval of silence followed but it was fraught with suffering for casaubon and whilst lathering his customer's chin he began to chatter my boarders lingered this morning such a long time at the grotto monsieur that they have scarcely sat down to dejeuner you can hear them eh i was staying with them out of politeness however i owe myself to my customers as well do i not one must try to please everybody monsieur de guersin who was also fond of a chat thereupon began to question him you lodge some of the pilgrims i suppose oh we all lodge some of them monsieur it is necessary for the town replied the barber and you accompany them to the grotto at this however casaubon revolted and holding up his razor he answered with an air of dignity never monsieur never for five years past i have not been in that new town which they are building he was still seeking to restrain himself and again glanced at pierre whose face was hidden by the newspaper the sight of the red cross pinned on monsieur de guersin's jacket was also calculated to render him prudent nevertheless his tongue won the victory well monsieur opinions are free are they not said he i respect yours but for my part i don't believe in all that phantasmagoria oh i've never concealed it i was already a republican and a free thinker in the days of the empire there were barely four men of those views in the whole town at that time oh i'm proud of it he had begun to shave monsieur de guersin's left cheek and was quite triumphant from that moment a stream of words poured forth from his mouth a stream which seemed to be inexhaustible to begin with he brought the same charges as majesté against the fathers of the grotto he reproached them for their dealings in tapers chaplets prints and crucifixes for the disloyal manner in which they competed with those who sold those articles as well as with the hotel and lodging-house keepers and he was also wrathful with the blue sisters of the immaculate conception for had they not robbed him of two tenants two old ladies who spent three weeks at lourdes each year moreover you could divine within him all the slowly accumulated overflowing spite with which the old town regarded the new town that town which had sprung up so quickly on the other side of the castle that rich city with houses as big as palaces whither flowed all the life all the luxury all the money of lourdes so that it was incessantly growing larger and wealthier whilst its elder sister the poor antique town of the mountains with its narrow grass-grown deserted streets seemed near the point of death nevertheless the struggle still continued the old town seemed determined not to die and by lodging pilgrims and opening shops on her side endeavoured to compel her ungrateful junior to grant her a share of the spoils but custom only flowed to the shops which were near the grotto and only the poorer pilgrims were willing to lodge so far away so that the unequal conditions of the struggle intensified the rupture and turned the high town and the low town into two irreconcilable enemies 
who preyed upon one another amidst continual intrigues ah oh, no they certainly won't see me at their grotto resumed casabon with his rageful air what an abusive use they make of that grotto of theirs they serve it up in every fashion to think of such idolatry such gross superstition in the nineteenth century just ask them if they have cured a single sufferer belonging to the town during the last twenty years yet there are plenty of infirm people crawling about our streets it was our folk that benefited by the first miracles but it would seem that the miraculous water has long lost all its power so far as we are concerned we are too near it people have to come from a long distance if they wanted to act on them it's really all too stupid why i wouldn't go there even if i were offered a hundred francs pierre's immobility was doubtless irritating the barber he had now begun to shave monsieur de gersin's right cheek and he was inveighing against the fathers of the immaculate conception whose greed for gain was the one cause of all the misunderstanding these fathers who were at home there since they had purchased from the municipality the land on which they desired to build did not even carry out the stipulations of the contract they had signed for there were clauses in it forbidding all trading such as the sale of the water and of religious articles innumerable actions might have been brought against them but they snapped their fingers and felt themselves so powerful that they no longer allowed a single offering to go to the parish but arranged matters so that the whole harvest of money should be garnered by the grotto and the basilica and all at once casabin candidly exclaimed if they were only reasonable if they would only share with us then when m de gersin had washed his face and reseated himself the hairdresser resumed and if i were to tell you monsieur what they have done with our poor town forty years ago all the young girls here conducted themselves properly i assure you i remember that in my young days when a young man was wicked he generally had to go elsewhere but times have changed our manners are no longer the same nowadays nearly all the girls content themselves with selling candles and nosegays and you must have seen them catching hold of the passers-by and thrusting their goods into their hands it is really shameful to see so many bold girls about they make a lot of money acquire lazy habits and instead of working during the winter simply wait for the return of the pilgrimage season and i assure you that the young men don't need to go elsewhere nowadays no indeed and add to all this the suspicious floating element which swells the population as soon as the first fine weather sets in the coachmen the hawkers the canteen keepers all the low-class wandering folk reeking with grossness and vice and you can form an idea of the honest new town which they have given us with the crowds that come to their grotto and their basilica greatly struck by these remarks pierre had let his newspaper fall and begun to listen it was now for the first time that he fully realized the difference between the two lourdes old lourdes so honest and so pious in its tranquil solitude and new lord corrupted demoralized by the circulation of so much money by such a great enforced increase of wealth by the ever-growing torrent of strangers sweeping through it by the fatal rotting influence of the conflux of thousands of people the contagion of evil examples and what a terrible result it seemed when one thought of bernadette the pure candid girl kneeling before the wild primitive grotto when one thought of all the naive faith all the fervent purity of those who had first begun the work had they desired that the whole countryside should be poisoned in this wise by lucre and human filth yet it had sufficed that the nation should flock there for a pestilence to break out seeing that pierre was listening casabin made a final threatening gesture as though to sweep away all this poisonous superstition then relapsing into silence he finished cutting monsieur de gersin's hair there you are monsieur the architect rose and it was only now that he began to speak of the conveyance which he wished to hire 
at first the hairdresser declined to enter into the matter pretending that they must apply to his brother at the champ commun but at last he consented to take the order a pair horse landau for gavarni was priced at fifty francs however he was so pleased at having talked so much and so flattered at hearing himself called an honest man that he eventually agreed to charge only forty francs there were four persons in the party so this would make ten francs apiece and it was agreed that they should start off at about two in the morning so that they might get back to lourdes at a tolerably early hour on the monday evening the landau will be outside the hotel of the apparitions at the appointed time repeated casabon in his emphatic way you may rely on me monsieur then he began to listen the clatter of crockery did not cease resounding in the adjoining room people were still eating there with that impulsive voracity which had spread from one to the other end of lourdes and all at once a voice was heard calling for more bread excuse me hastily resumed casabon my boarders want me and thereupon he rushed away his hands still greasy through fingering the comb the door remained open for a second and on the walls of the dining-room pierre espied various religious prints and notably a view of the grotto which surprised him in all probability however the hairdresser only hung these engravings there during the pilgrimage season by way of pleasing his boarders it was now nearly three o'clock when the young priest and monsieur de garcin got outside they were astonished at the loud pealing of bells which was flying through the air the parish church had responded to the first stroke of vespers chiming at the basilica and now all the convents one after another were contributing to the swelling peals the crystalline notes of the bell of the carmelites mingled with the grave notes of the bell of the immaculate conception and all the joyous bells of the sisters of nevers and the dominicans were jingling together in this wise from morning till evening on fine days of festivity the chimes winged their flight above the house roofs of lourdes and nothing could have been gayer than that sonorous melody resounding in the broad blue heavens above the gluttonous town which had at last lunched and was now comfortably digesting as it strolled about in the sunlight end of section twelve